The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Italian hard-right leader Giorgia Meloni is likely to replace former ECB chief Mario Draghi as Prime Minister after elections on September the 25th. But what are the key economic challenges for Italy's next government? Listen on to find out. Welcome to The Exchange, a conversation on business, finance and economics brought to you by Reuters Breaking Views. I am Lisa Yucca, a financial columnist based in Italy. In this episode, I sat down with former Finance Ministry Chief of Staff and G20 Sherpa Fabrizio Pagani to discuss the upcoming Italian elections. These are likely to deliver a rightist government led by Giorgia Meloni that lacks the impeccable pro-EU pedigree of outgoing Prime Minister Mario Draghi. Fabrizio, who's currently Global Head of Economics at Mazinich, helped me go through the key fiscal questions the new executive will immediately face. These include a spiralling energy crisis, Italy's debt sustainability challenge and the future of bailed-out bank Monte dei Baschi. For the new government in Rome, setting the right priorities will be key. Welcome, Fabrizio, to the exchange. It's really nice to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. My pleasure. We are going to spend a, a few minutes today talking about the upcoming Italian elections. Uh, Italians will go to the polls on the 25th of uh, September to choose a, a new government, which the opinion polls are largely predicting will be a, a rightist coalition of parties. But what I'd like to discuss with you today is the economic and financial challenges that this uh, new government that will soon be installed is going to face, given your uh, expertise as economist, uh, as former G20 Sherpa. I mean, you're someone who has seen a lot of the economic issues that uh, Italy has had to deal with. So if we're looking ahead at the the election and just beyond the election, what do you think will be the absolute priority, for instance, you know, for the new government as soon as it is installed? Well, let, let me start with, uh, with, uh, with, with a positive note. The, the Italian economy is doing well. I mean, this year, uh, GDP growth will be around uh, 3.5%, probably 3.7%, someone says even more. So we are in a, in a condition, basically, of, of a strong bounce back after the, 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 the pandemic. It was very strong last year, of course, but that was a bit everywhere in Europe. And this year, I would say, is particularly strong in, in, in Italy. I guess, you know, in, a, in broader, very, very high level terms, the challenge for the new government is to make sure that the slowdown, which will happen, because we know that there will be a slowdown in the in the last quarter of this year and possibly also uh, early next year, is not too deep and not too long. That's the macro. That's the macro challenge. And there's lo- we know that the reason of the slowdown, the reason of the slowdown, is due to to two factors. One is the energy prices, which are 
you know, skyrocketing everywhere uh, in Europe and, 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 and not only in Europe. And the second one is the, the you know, the, the rate hikes, which the European Central Bank is doing in order to, indeed to fight inflation. Uh, the combination of these two, two factors can indeed have a, a, an impact on growth. Let's unpick uh, the two elements you just mentioned here. One, obviously, the inflation in energy prices, I mean, which is obviously not just an Italian challenge, it's a European challenge, and there's been uh, discussions at uh, EU level on how to deal with that. I mean, from, from your perspective, how far has the outgoing government gone in addressing this challenge? And uh, what else can be done to fight uh, high bills going forward? Uh, what are the options, let's say? I would say that the, the, the options are mainly three. Uh, one is the, the diversification of gas sources. And I think in that, in that regard, the Italian government has done probably the utmost, and I would say more than any other European, uh, European government. Uh, in, Today, the largest uh, exported to Italy of gas is not Russia anymore, but is Algeria, which has doubled its uh, uh, its export to the, to the peninsula. And also other sources are coming in through um, LNG um, LNG gas, so via via ships uh, from uh, from Egypt, from 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 Congo, uh, and other producers. In that sense, in the role of of ENI, the, you know the, the the Italian oil and gas multinational has been particularly important given the. Uh, the strong roots and presence that this company has, uh, particularly in the African continent. Uh, the second, the second element is, of course, the, the diversification of energy sources. So not only not only to replace Russian gas, but to replace with other gas, but to replace uh, gas with other sources. And in that sense, in that sense, it's mainly a question of uh, procedures and authorization. And I think the the, the job by, done by the government is is quite good as well. As far as I understand. The, the the number of authorization for new renewable en uh, energy uh, plants given this year as is is more than what has been done in the last two years so there is definitely an effort in order to speed up the authorization process uh, the third element is the one which is a bit today under uh, under under scrutiny it's a conservation in that sense i'm not sure what the government uh, will, will will do this is something which is done also with in coordination uh, with with european partners obviously this is not enough in order to face the you know the clear and danger uh, the clear and present danger which the Italian industry particularly is, is facing in these months, in these weeks, given the, the, the volatility of the price on the, on the gas market. Would you say, in this context, I mean, would you say that Italy is particularly exposed vis-à-vis -vis its main European economic rivals, and namely France and Germany? Uh, obviously, Germany is very dependent on Russian gas, but it uses less gas to produce uh, electricity and energy in general. Italy depends on over 40% on gas to produce uh, uh, the energy, you know, to, to sort of keep the economy going. So I'm just wondering whether, despite all the efforts you've mentioned, uh, Italy is particularly at risk because of that. Uh, I wouldn't say so. I think we are all in the same, on the same boat. I think particularly uh, the, the 
Italy has done a, a, a particularly good job in, in indeed in the diversification of, of gas sources. But at the same time, we are really to look at the continent uh, as a single market. So if you you know if if a country is able to 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 get more more gas, I think we should look we should look as a plus for all for everybody else uh, because we need to integrate the the market. The, the other thing that I was uh, looking into is how much the country has spent in providing support measures to household and industry. I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of support uh, being offered across the EU and the UK just the other day announced a mammoth package, which could cost them over a hundred billion pounds. Again, you know, to try and basically introduce uh, subsidies um, and, and reduce uh, the impact of uh, high energy bills. Um, I mean, in the case of Italy, I think the country has already spent 3%, the equivalent of 3% of GDP. I mean, these are brutal statistics. Italy is a high debt country. It has spent a lot in the pandemic. It's the biggest recipient of um, European pandemic funds. Uh, is there scope for, for more fiscal support uh, in, in the current circumstances? And, and given the particular a fiscal constraint that a high debt country like Italy has. But that's a very pertinent question. Uh, you're right, Italy has spent more or less between 45 and 50 billion uh, to to shore up uh, the consequences of uh, the energy prices for families and, 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 and companies. This is mainly for, I would say, in order to provide tax breaks to, to companies and to provide relief in, in, in different forms, so including including a specific tax break to VAT and other uh, and other taxes to, to households. That was then, I, let me stress that because this is an important point, uh, uh, using uh, the room the room which we had in the, in, in the budget. So no, no new deficit has been has been has been indeed done uh, to, to to finance these new expenses. Obviously, <laughs> now there is no more room. <laughs> so any uh, it's it's very likely that any new measure which uh, may be taken, which will be will have to be taken in in the next in the next weeks, by either by this government or the next or the next government will indeed need to revise the, the, the deficit for, for, the, for this year, as far as we understand, particularly if the new intervention is, is uh, uh, substantial. Is this potentially a concern for investors? Because, I mean, we have a number, I mean, obviously, as we said, you know, Italy is a high debt country, and obviously investors look at this sustainability, um, you know, as a metric when deciding to invest in the country. But apart from likely more money being spent uh, to fight the energy crisis, we also have a negative factor in the form of rising interest rates, which, you know, uh, over time make the debt more expensive and certainly more expensive for, expensive for Italy to finance itself uh, now. Um, so how should investors look at the debt sustainability question, given these elements that we just mentioned? Let, let, let me say, if you look, you know, really in historical terms at how much uh, uh, servicing the debt weighted on on the, on the Italian public finance today, we are at, at, the, at one of the lowest level. And I'm not. This is not only me saying that, but even uh, Isabel Schnabel of the ECB has 
has a, a stress and point out to these to these statistics. If you look at the uh, also at the at the length of the Italian debt, the maturity uh, has been indeed uh, lengthened uh, uh, in 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 a material way in the last in the last year. We don't really see yet uh, uh, an impact, uh, a significant impact of the uh, interest rate raise. Of course, will that will be that will be seen uh, probably next year. But you have also to you know to keep in mind that this is also uh, due to a fact the 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 the, the raise is, is due to the fact that we have a very high inflation. So we we may have uh, some positive effect on uh, on 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 the GDP uh, on the debt the GDP ratio from 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 inflation. So altogether, I'm not saying that Italy has has no debt problem. Of course, the Italy remain one of the most indebted country in the world. But at the same time, I don't see an, a sustainability issue. We need to keep discipline, of course. Uh, because we need to to keep low our uh, how much we spend on interest. At the same time, so I I think we we shouldn't have uh, the margin for uh, fiscal uh, uh, intervention when is needed and particularly when is uh, well calibrated. Is there a a pain threshold? I mean, I know this is uh, you know always uh, what uh, maybe journalists want to ask, but you know, I mean. Would a ten-year government bonds, you know, at four percent, for instance, be sustainable? I mean, we we've had a very long period of time when, you know, this this percentage was one percent, you know, or even uh, less for for some other bonds. So I'm just wondering whether, you know, we may be approaching eleven, and I mentioned four percent as an example, which could make it complicated in the long term, medium term rather, e- even though there are positive factors like inflation, you know, that are playing in the next government favor. As I said, uh, I, I don't I don't see that. I don't see particularly in, 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 the, in, the, in the next in the next future, as long as we keep uh, a rational discipline in, in our in our public finance. What do I mean with rational? I mean that uh, uh, we, sh- we we should be able to do fiscal uh, uh, take fiscal measures which are well designed in order to shore up the country to the consequence of what is happening it, but at the, at the same time we will we, we can't you know uh, have a very loose budget as long as we keep with what is sometimes we call the narrow path uh, in in public finance uh, to quote a former uh, Minister of Finance, I think the, there is no issue of sustainability of the Italian debt. Obviously, you, you mentioned, you know, fiscal discipline and keeping, you know, narrow path. But if I look at the various uh, electoral programs, and I'm talking about uh, across the board, it's a list of spending promises, uh, uh, you know, of, of all sorts. You know, I mean, reducing taxes or, I don't know, hiking pensions, uh, giving more money to, to young people in the form of hands house. I mean, there's a lot of spending promises uh, which are being made by the parties um are, are these just like wish lists because i mean ultimately the focus will only be to protect the economy and maybe spending money on energy uh, bills you're right I, w- I i i entirely agree with you that if you read the programs they are quite um, <laughs> fiscal expansionary <laughs> but the tone of the discussion is much more let's say reasonable 
I don't see any party which is really not aware of the challenge of uh, the Italian public finance. I think the lesson of the you know the of 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 the of the last decade, particularly the the sovereign debt crisis, the euro crisis, has been um, has left you know deep scar in the Italian public opinion and also in the somehow also in the in the awareness of um, political leaders. And, and and party on how much careful we have to, we have to be on the on this issue. So I'm not I'm not particularly concerned. Of course, we have you have to give something to the fact that we are in a in an electoral campaign and uh, the promises have to be easy. I mean, the last time I mean the last time Italy had an election that was in 2018, uh, it ended up with. Uh, two parties which were quite Eurosceptical uh, forming a government. I mean, in, in those days, it was the Five Star Movement and the League. I mean, the League may be in the next government and uh, Brothers of Italy, which is uh, probably going to be uh, the, the, the largest uh, party in Parliament, uh, has also got a Eurosceptic past. I mean, you mentioned the crisis, the Eurozone crisis, which left deep scars. I mean, in 2018, People were nervous. Are we have we got reasons to be more reassured today? You know, with uh, a couple of parties with not such a great EU pedigree. I think so, but at the same time, I think so up to a point. In the sense that definitely the most anti-euro, anti-EU tones are not there anymore. Um, I think some of the of the leaders also within these parties who were a bit the firebrand of the uh, uh, of, of the anti-euro campaign and also of the sort of Ital exit, whatever, uh, are not as prominent as they were. So this is, you know, uh, the, 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 let's say the discussion has become more main more, more mainstream. Uh, and I don't I don't have many many reasons to believe that this will not change if a, a, a center-right government will be will be established. However, I think we will have to be indeed we will will as investors uh, we will have to be very you know attentive to see how the new government uh, starts and uh, uh, for example enact the, the 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 budget law for next for next year and uh, also the if there is a let's say a follow up uh, to the to this some, somehow moderate in economic term campaign or indeed uh, the the opposite and some more let's let's say a more extreme or less conventional economic theories tend to prevail at a certain point. That's a bit a question mark. Uh, I mean, in, in past uh, crises that have hit Italy, uh, obviously the, the Eurozone crisis, but, you know, in, in general, the financial sectors, you know, listed banks, insurers are always hit first, uh, obviously, because of their exposure to the economy, they hold uh, government bonds and all of that. But, you know, we've had in the past situations also with high non-performing loan ratios. I mean, how do you judge the health of Italy's financial system today? I think we, we are in a situation which is uh, uh, much better than it was uh, uh, 
uh, a few years ago. I have been dealing with the, you know, with the with, with the bank crisis in Italy, uh, in my Monte in my Basque one, yeah. you know, and, and a few others. A few others. <laughs> Monte is just the the most, let's say, prestigious one. <laughs> but um, I, I I give you an example why I'm saying that. When we, you know, when 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 I I joined the the the, the minister of finance, the issue of NPLs seemed intractable. I mean, you, there was no international investor you were talking to who would not saying you will never be able to get rid of the of the of the of the NPL because it was such a such an enormous amount and indeed because Italy had lost at that window of opportunity uh, of doing a national bad bank which other countries had done uh, a few years before and now that window was was closed in 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 uh, in, in legal terms and in market terms. I think this has been has been. Uh, at, at the end of the day, address quite, uh, you know, in a in 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 a quite convincing way. Today, Italy is not a, and Italian NPLs are not are not a problem anymore. I think this is this is a something you know a merit which we we should recognize to not only to the policy but also to the system itself of having a, a resilience uh, which has been uh, which has been improved quite quite uh, extraordinarily I, I, I would say so uh, obviously as you said the, the financial sector is the most exposed to the boom and 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 as lamp of the economy at, at the same time rates are are hiking so uh, the banks will benefit from that. This is a quite a different situation than than a few than a few uh, years ago. So I would say the picture is quite different from before. They they also have the Italian banks higher capital buffers, you know, after painfully rebuilding those um, following the eurozone crisis. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, you there's there's still a few problematic situations, and you mentioned Monte dei Paschi, which is probably you know the most prominent uh, uh, crisis. I mean, the bank needs to raise 2.5 billion euros in capital, even though it's only worth 300 million euros um, on the market nowadays. I mean, and it's not been resolved in a in a sense that you know needs to be sold. No, no purchase has. Um, really materialized. So, do you see this as a problem or like an immediate corporate problem for for the government? I don't see it as an. Uh, I mean, it's it's obviously an issue that has to be solved, but I don't I don't think that it will be possible to solve it immediately. I mean, this is this is something which will have to. It needs time to mature. Of of course, the 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 capital raise has to go ahead and to be to be successful. But um, from uh, from 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 my experience, is that this is something which will will uh, be with us for 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 new years. Maybe maybe still on the corporate front. Um, I mean, there there's a number of. Uh, Issues are still not totally resolved. Um, I mean, in companies in which uh, the state is invested, I mean, one, for instance, is Telecom Italia, the telecom giant. Uh, uh, for years, there's been discussion on 
separating its network uh, from the rest of the company still hasn't materialized and the the company is not uh, doing very well. There's also the um, prospective sale of the Alitalia successor called ETA. I mean, there's a number, let's say, of corporate uh, stories that, uh, uh, you know, need to be resolved. I'm just wondering, again, on the basis of the polls predicting a rightist coalition to well have a landslide victory. I mean, do you expect Italy to just uh, be much more protectionist in a way it addresses uh, corporate situations um, that present problems. Uh, frankly, I don't. I don't see major uh, difference in that. In that. In that. In, the, in, the, in that regard, I think we also have uh, a quite strong European frameworks in. Um, the, for any government, will be difficult to operate outside outside that framework. Will uh, the new government make more use of of the golden power, if if it's a right wing government? Possibly. I mean, we see use of golden power of similar instruments that you may consider protectionist, or you may not consider protectionist from any type of of, of government, independently from from. From 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 the color, so I I think the you know I wouldn't prejudge uh, the the how the, new, the the in concrete you know in the fact of how the, the the any new government will operate in that sense. Yes, so I mean, thank you for this overview, which you know has touched uh, quite a few issues. I mean, before maybe we conclude our conversation, Fabrizio. I just wanted to ask, I mean, you obviously have been a, a government advisor um, for many years um, and, uh, and you're an economist. You know, if you were to ad advise, you know, the upcoming government on, you know, one or two steps uh, or, you know, or, or just, you know, how to start. I mean, it's in this new um, uh, phase, uh, given the complexity. I mean, what would you say? I mean, the the initial priorities should be? Leaving aside the energy crisis, which is really contingent, uh, I, I would uh, really recommend any government, whatever whatever the, the composition, and I wouldn't, you know, and nothing can be excluded in Italian politics. So, I mean, we have seen we have seen that majority can change in, in before the elections and 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 after the election in the elections we in in parliament. So uh, do 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 not you know <laughs> do not prepare for scenarios which may not materialize. Um, in any case, uh, whoever would be in 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 government, I think there are uh, at least three three things which are very important in my in my. In, in my view, given also my my experience, uh, one is definitely implement in a thorough, consistent, and in the speed way the, the the national panel plan of reconstruction or reconstruction the the what the, what what we we have agreed with European Union under the next generation EU. This is of capital importance. There are two hundred billions to be to be spent, and they have. You know, this is the only way through this investment and these reforms, because the plan is a combination of the two reforms and investment through which we can raise the baseline of Italian growth. This is the, the last chance we have. This is number one. The second one is keep the, ca the, the, the country open. Uh, keep talking to, to investors. Make sure that, you know, all the 
measures, incentive, facilitation that we have uh, with a certain <laughs> difficulties built uh, uh, along these years remain remain in place and are even uh, uh, strengthened in 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 through uh, through through new measures because foreign investment is is one of the source of 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 growth of the country of of employment and of moder modernization of 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 our economy. The third one is uh, devote a lot of attention to training to tertiary education. Uh, particularly, you know, the the the, the technical uh, uh, education, which is one of the areas in which we 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 lack skills, and we you know, and and when skills are dwindling. Okay, well, thank you. I mean, these uh, seem to be excellent uh, suggestions. Uh, let's uh, see what uh, the next government, I mean, whichever column color it is, uh, does. Uh, thank you very much for this overview and for joining us, uh, Fabrizio, on the exchange. Uh, that was uh, Fabrizio Pagani uh, talking about uh, the economic challenges for the next Italian government. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Taslick in London. Subscribe to The Exchange and our sister podcast, The Views Room, on Megaphone, Spotify and other places. You can also catch up with our latest views and much more on breakingviews.com and on Twitter using the handle at breakingviews.